Welcome to the Speaking Light into Abortion podcast, where I talk about all the reasons it's possible for you to thrive after your abortion. I'm your host, Amanda Kingsley, and two years after my own abortion, I certified as a life coach so I could serve women after abortion in all the ways they've been deserving and lacking for centuries. Consider this your launchpad for finding strength and community in yourselves and in each other. All right, uh, another week of podcasting. Um, I haven't had a podcasting conversation in a while with somebody um, who's been through it, wants to share pieces of their story. So I'm excited to have Becca here. Um, Thank you for being here. And you approached me just to say like, hey, you know, I thought of a few things we could talk about on a podcast episode. And I was like, let's do it. So yeah. we're just going to chat. Do you want to introduce yourself in any way? Say who you are? Yeah, why, sure. Um, why you're interested? <laughs> Anything about you? <laughs> yeah, um, my name is Becca. I am 32 years old and I'm currently based in Nashville, Tennessee. Um, I'm originally from the Midwest though, so have a weird experience of growing up in a pretty Republic, or Democratic area and then moving to a Republican area. Um, I had my abortion in 2019, and I think part of why I reached out to you is just because I think that there's so much in the story of um, having an abortion and having it just constantly braided me in the news, Um, uh, because obviously since then, um, there's been a a lot of trigger laws passed, I think 10, but I'm not sure confidently how many in total, but since then, there's been quite a few trigger laws, and then um, the anniversary, the two-year anniversary of my abortion was recently, um, May 14th was my abortion. Um, Mm. And the uh, Supreme Court has now decided on the Monday after my anniversary of the abortion was when they decided to take on the case of the Mississippi um, 15 week ban. So yeah, um, I think it'll be an interesting kind of period of my life. But it's a really unique experience that we go through something that um, that is like, okay, I think what makes it unique is that so many of us have abortions and go through this really pretty quiet, hidden healing process, decision-making process, healing process, like emotional, physical, spiritual, the whole kit and caboodle. And it's like, back and forth, heated, stigmatized, like sloppy mess on the media, like a lot. And so as we're healing, as we're processing, we're seeing like the very thing that we're trying to heal from all over the news. And I think that that can create so many feelings in so many directions. (laughs) Yeah. I was just gonna say, I used to joke with a friend that like, I felt like for a while, like right after my abortion experience, I couldn't hide from it. Um, I was just constantly being berated from the news. And um, I wasn't very vocal about being pregnant with my friends because it was my second pregnancy. Um, and I didn't want a lot of people to know because I felt like I would be judged. And there is the stigmatism and shame that I was living with from past experience. Um, I've never had an abortion prior. I had a miscarriage prior, but um, my 
experience this time was going through the process um, when I first had my abortion, Alabama was in the process of announcing their trigger law. So um, the morning I'd wake up after my abortion, um, that's when their trigger law passed. So I think for me, like coming out of it, and I also had a, another layer to my experience because I was a partner coerced abortion. Um, I didn't want to necessarily have my abortion, but my partner had kind of pressured me into it. So, um, and was manipulating behind the scenes and there was a whole host of that's another heap of my story but I think for me um, I woke up the next morning and I obviously was dealing with um, the emotional drama of um, losing a pregnancy and also realizing I even hate referring to the person I went through this with as a person I went through this with or my partner because I didn't go through it with him and he wasn't my partner so I always just say um Clark, uh, but I think for me, like I woke up the next morning, he wasn't there and I was immediately loading my Facebook to kind of do the mental escape that we we all do as humans, right. we pick up our phone and the first thing I did and now I'm seeing all of these like random people on my Facebook feed taking stances on abortion and I hadn't even had time to like really process, I was still going through mine. Um, so I think for me, like the first few days after my abortion were just constant news articles of, is this the new wave of trigger laws? Um, because a few days later, uh, another state, Louisiana, would come along and pass theirs. So, um, and then various states would kind of chime in with different variations of either, you know, beefing up their trigger law that they currently already had or enacting a new one. Um, so I think for me, it was like, I wasn't able to like escape it on social media. So it was just mm -hmm. always there and it was yeah. always constant. Um, and I, I got to hear a lot of viewpoints. And I also think like part of the healing process for me was learning to like not attack people's conversations or viewpoints. Cause I also was trying mm -hmm. to heal from it for me. And also I didn't want to like, I know someone made a comment on a Facebook status and then I wanted to correct them and, you know, say like, that's not what actually happens at that many weeks because the only way I could do those were to out myself in those conversations to say, mm -hmm. well, I, you know, terminated at that amount of weeks where this, but for me, like I, I also was still grieving, right? So I think that like I got almost involved in some of those conversations a little too soon when I think that I could have waited. And if it would have been a different situation, I think I would have, but, um, and it was constant. And I remember like I, I, I moved out of my apartment um, that I had my abortion in um, on the, on my one year anniversary was a few days prior to my move out. and. I was having like a last hurrah in my apartment. I decided to just wander around and like take pictures because that's just who I am. I'm a romanticized stuff. But I <laughs> remember sitting in my bathroom when it was overnight. And that's when um, Governor Bill Lee signed the R trigger law in Tennessee into play. Um, so then it, what I thought going into my second year of trying to process and grieve my abortion, maybe I'd get a reprieve from the news. And then it was just even more constant because now all of my Tennessee friends can chime in and yeah. um, my local groups you know, were becoming more active and there was more calls for activism. And it was really a parallel that first year of me wanting to be involved, but knowing that maybe it wasn't mm -hmm. great for my mental health to be involved. So mm -hmm. um, that maybe I needed to step back. So how did you know, do you remember how you decided and how you knew how to take care of yourself and how to, you know, like you gave the example of just reading comment sections, wanting to participate, but 
Do you remember how you decided what to do and how to take care of yourself when it was all around you? I still don't think I know the answer to that, honestly. <laughs> I think, yeah, because it's, I don't feel like I ever had that period of, I couldn't just have my abortion and be off in secret with it. It was just yeah. always, that's the first topic when I opened the news a lot of the days with, that correspond with like really monumental days for me and my abortion experience. And I think there would be days where I would be better about being like, we're not going to read the comment section or I'm in a woman's, like a local women's group and they'll, someone will post them usually when there's a, a new story related to abortion. And they'll talk about like, did you see this past yesterday? And I've learned to at least scroll through those because I am in a mostly conservative area. And I always at least hear rhetoric on those posts that is very hurtful and harmful. And, um, but I'm still not great about comment sections. I think that I've, I've learned to like not internalize those comments, like not take those things personally and just know that like there are some things that people are going to say that are uneducated um, in yeah. terms of like, I don't know, I, you know, for a while, like one of the most damaging things for me was hearing like, well, you know, Tennessee also has now since also passed the, the burial laws for um, having an abortion. You have to go through the burial process. And um, yeah, I would hear comments that would be like, well, it's a full baby at that point. I'm like, that's not, not what it was, not exactly. So yeah, yeah. Um, I don't think I knew how to do that. My first year was really rough because I don't know how I, I don't think I had figured out how to separate grieving and disconnecting because I felt like mm. as a society like our way to disconnect is to open social media and get involved in people's business that's not ours to be frank uh -huh. and to, to like yeah to get involved in conversations that we have absolutely no idea on and we get involved and make opinions of other stuff and I think for me like that was my coping mechanism in the past when I was going through other traumatic shifts. So I tried to make it my coping mechanism now and it wasn't possible. Mm -hmm. um, and then for me, I think it wasn't until the second year that I learned how to really disconnect because on top of part of my story is that the person, Clark, that I went through this with is a nurse. Um, so the second year also was the pandemic and I was seeing you know, a bunch of really rhetoric that was nurses nurses and for me like that you know was setting me down an additional spiral because I would get involved and I'd want to be like they're not all good um but I think for me like I learned to just have those days where I can disconnect so if I see something that's really triggering like know that like I need to do better about muting them because the other thing that our phones do is the more you read certain topics the more right. you're targeted <laughs> to those topics so um the more I was reading about you know pregnancy early on I was getting when I was still pregnant and then once I had the abortion I was getting hit with all the abortion articles because I had just been searching about stuff about pregnancy yeah. and then um and then also you know I was reading every article because I was just fired up and hormonal and uh, devastated honestly yeah. to watch like I think that's the like biggest takeaway for me is like the past two years is as the stuff has gone in the stories like there's this attitude from the larger press that it's going to make women's life harder or people who have abortions harder to have them. Um, like it's not already hard to have them down in the South. So um, it's, that was always an interesting, like I would get in that rhetoric because I traveled to a different state to have my abortion as well. So I think for me, like hearing people be like, Oh, that 
this will never happen or it'll be harder. I'm like, it already is hard. <laughs> this is why it's hard. And I knew like, and so I would, I don't know, I, there was a few, definitely a few comments out sections the first year that I got really ingrained with. And that's when I was like, I do not need to get this involved. And um, I need to kind of step back and have a day. <laughs> I not like, I feel like at least the way you just said it, I never really thought about the algorithms and how they send us right so if you're if you're in the process of deciding whether or not to have a baby like the algorithms are just going to keep sending you their what you they think you want to learn and then yeah. if you're trying to heal after abortion they're going to keep sending you i like i never just never thought about that like that's certainly a moment where it's like oh shoot our smartphones are not so smart are they yeah <laughs> <laughs> That is really interesting. Um, you talked about like grieving, the grieving and disconnecting. I'm curious, um, what are some of the, what are some of the ways you learned to grieve instead of just dissociating like, and, you know, scrolling through the social media to distract yourself, right? Like what did this experience teach you about grieving because you couldn't do what you'd always done, which is just escape yeah. into your phone? Yeah, I think I definitely got really into taking nature walks, partly because yeah, there are some I trails. That about you, yeah. yeah. Yeah, like there's some trails in my area that don't have great service. So even like when I felt like compelled to pick up my phone and like go to my old safety thing, I wouldn't be able to load things. <laughs> so it was kind of yeah, yeah. null and void. But um, I think for me, it made me decide to get out in nature more and try mm -hmm. to connect in a different way um, and wow. not get so involved. And in. I had deleted back in like 2020, right after the Tennessee ban. Um, one of the first things I did was I first called my mom and I told her I had an abortion because I knew that I was going to I was going to slip up somewhere on the internet and I was going to get enraged and write a comment. And I wanted her to know, cause I didn't want her to find out through like a comment section. Um, and then the next thing, <laughs> like the next thing I did was I deleted all the apps off of my phone. So mm -hmm. I wasn't able to load anything, um, like for a little while. I mean, I slowly brought them back. I still addicted to Instagram, but I think for me, like I, I learned to kind of go out, and either call a friend instead of scrolling through their social media or yeah. go and walk around and just be in nature. Cause I think honestly, there was so much that I hadn't ever really associated that like that cleared my head, but I was going on a multiple mile walks every night. And it was just, I felt like that there's also this like societal pressure that when you're out in nature, like when you're walking on a trail and you see another human and they're on your phone they're kind of like oh that person they need to enjoy themselves and look up so I think for me it was like a double-edged sword because I would go out in nature and I'd have this like pressure that like there people are going to judge me if I'm just like walking around on my phone so it was a nice like if I was having a really hard news day where it was all over the place or there'd be like mm -hmm. some you know rhetoric there's my senators love to put out statements on abortion, even when there's not something there's a passing. So I think for me, like I would just make sure that I would go out and I would just disconnect or I would go kayaking with a friend just because it was an easy way to also not be on your phone. <laughs> um, but it, it was hard. And I think I'm still having that dichotomy of the coping mechanism. Like my, my gut reaction, like I remember this year was my two year and I was like really ready to like finally like 
start talking and you know, I've been trained as a storyteller, but I've never really like been very active in the activism side of telling my story. And I think that's such an important part of um, the abortion experience, at least for me to gain my power back um, with the experience. But I think I, my, my first thing was like, maybe I'll share my story on my Instagram. And then all of a sudden the Supreme Court thing happened. And then I was just like feeling more news stories. And I was like, nope, we're not going to do this. We're going to put the phone away. And so I, Kind of put it away for two days so i knew that that initial like first rush of everybody posting the story and sharing their opinion i would miss and i wouldn't see it um until it was maybe died down a little bit and i know going forward from here there's going to be more um stories um and news articles to hide from but i think disconnecting i think is the hardest thing that i'm i don't know if i have an answer basically because i'm still learning how to do it <laughs> like it's a little bit funny in some way that like like being out in nature on a hike for a walk or whatever your fear of judgment from other people actually ended up being a good for you in this particular it kind of broke a habit right yeah definitely I definitely <laughs> normally I wouldn't say like that that's a good thing <laughs> but in in your case it did lead you to break a habit which is kind of fascinating <laughs> yeah. yeah I feel like only thing that was gonna fix it or like break me of that if that makes sense yeah so. yeah so have you I know you said like um connecting in a different way what like how have you connected when you're connecting with nature in that way why does it help because not everybody does that. I mean, yeah. I live in a place where there's like lots of hikes and lots of trees and rivers and, and nature. So it just um, naturally makes sense to me. Um, but not everybody connects to nature in that way. Do you want to describe a little like why that's helpful? For me, honestly, I've never been a big outdoor person. So I think I was that person. Like I was never an outside kid. I was definitely like a disconnect on the couch, scroll through Instagram and when I was having a really bad day. And I think that like when I went outside, like that became a tradition for me. And I still is on the 14th, my abortion anniversary, I go out and I take a big hike or I drive myself and I go camping somewhere. I think um, when I'm outside, I just like am able to, I'm not constantly like surrounding myself with other people's versions of my story, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. And I think that that's such a, a big part of trying to stay away from the news stories because I take all of like, when I see some random person that I know has never had an abortion, you know, um, have an, an opinion on an abortion experience and I was still going through it. It was just, it was triggering because I was internalizing it as like, well, that wasn't my experience or my experience was this, or you don't know that that it doesn't occur. So I think for me, like when I was in nature, it was just a way to like not surround myself with technology and then be like also just I don't know there's something like I'm not a very spiritual person but there's something like very spiritual about being in nature and um for a while like one of the things that like always stuck with me about going out is like I would always go out and have a walk when I was having like a really tough day and um my grandma always used to say like whenever someone that spirit is around you and like you see cardinals and I just always thought it was so interesting to me because like every single time that I would be on one of these walks and I'd be having a hard day or like I saw someone's news story that was like really triggering, I would just see cardinals. And I thought that that was so like, 
interesting to me and I was like well so then it just became my thing so like anytime mm-hmm. that there was like a really triggering instance with the news cycle that I felt like I couldn't escape like I mean there's no tv in nature <laughs> so yeah. what do you, when you see a cardinal now like what are your thoughts what are you thinking it means um or is it just like a reminder like what yeah I think I think I do I think of it as like you know it's it's the spirit of the person I didn't get to meet um that is so beautiful so. oh my goodness I love that and I don't know um so Becca and I were in a a, like healing circle group together and I don't think I I knew that you were doing a lot of walks as a part of your healing but I didn't know that it was like sort of um what's the word like oh my god what's the word like that you do ever every month on the 14th or like that the yeah. 14th was relevant to you in that way and that yeah. a lot of people choose to like honor their abortion in some way or connect in some way on the annual but like if you're really you know wanting to make that connection um and get that feedback yeah. from the cardinals in your case i think it's different for everybody um to choose that date. That's so beautiful. I've never heard that. And I, I'm sure that there will be listeners who take that away as an idea. That's awesome. One thing you said, um, that I wrote down just because I thought it was so beautifully worded is not surrounding myself with other people's version of my story. And that's like so important to recognize, like there is our story, which is always changing and evolving in my opinion yeah as we change and evolve but um there's also so many other people's versions of our story and to to have that awareness and that separation that's so beautiful I think I I had to in a sense just because like I was going through this process with someone who is telling a whole other story so um (laughs) I think like for me like there was I also found out Clark was like cheating on me after the first year and um, while I was pregnant and um, sleeping with an ex-girlfriend like there was a multitude of levels so I think for me like I already knew that there was this other story being told and Mm -hmm. the news stories and then like the the paragraphs that I always see like connected on anything that anyone posts is this I know that everybody has like their view of everything that happens and I think for me healing really didn't start until I recognized that like I have my version and Mm -hmm. this is my story and this is what happened and -hmm. I don't necessarily need everyone to know those things um but I do think that like I want to share those things so that way maybe like people can make a little more educated paragraphs when they're sharing (laughs) um Mm -hmm. but I think for me it was just we all have versions of our stories and I think that it's just important to like, we, I think you see a post about anybody's opinion on anything, not just necessarily abortion and you automatically get defensive because of, you know, you know, it could be any opinion. And, but like, that's not, I I didn't think that that was healthy and I knew it wasn't healthy. So I think I just needed to know that like, okay, that's their opinion about abortion. Maybe they've had one, maybe they've had this experience or um, like I had a few friends share things after the trigger laws because um, they had had an abortion experience prior to 
our waiting period laws or they hadn't had one in recent years when Planned Parenthood here cut back on them. So um, they were even sharing stuff and I would find myself getting defensive. I was like, no, they have their version of their story because that's what happened when they had their experience. But um, I just think it's important not to get too caught up in like, I think it's like, it's nice and healthy to collect people's anthologies because then I think then you can make, you know, a better, yeah. better forward. But um kind of internalizing stuff. That's wasn't really great. interesting. <laughs> a lot of people who I talk to say that a part of their healing at the beginning of their journey was getting into groups and storyboard no. and like listening to people's stories. And that what I hear consistently is like, at first it was really helpful because I knew I wasn't alone but yeah. eventually it became toxic. Like eventually, yeah. like it actually became what felt healthy at the beginning became unhealthy. Yeah. And I think you're speaking to that a little bit, which I've also never really talked much about, but um, yeah, so I mean, fascinating. that's huge. I, I definitely agree with that. I think for me, like I like, that's how I made sense of it at first was I wanted to collect everybody's stories because right. I'm, I wanted to know I wasn't alone in my story. Yeah. Um, but I think after a while, I was like, I need to just be able to learn when I don't need to hear everybody's story. Um, yeah. Well, I think you're right. That is how so many people make sense of it at the beginning because there aren't many options, right? It's yeah. not like a lot of people are sharing content about abortion, especially content that's not like, really like far on either spectrum like either yeah. it was just tissue you shouldn't even be sad or yeah like it it was murder and you're gonna go to hell it's like there's not a yeah. lot of options so it makes sense that that's where we go to make sense of our story but there's not really yeah. many tools for like okay now that you don't feel so alone what do you do yeah <laughs> how do you run forward there's not. I remember one of the first things I did, like the second weekend after my abortion uh, was I took myself to a bookstore because I was just so desperate to like, A, I didn't know how to find groups. I didn't know about Exhale. I didn't know about really any resources. And I was like, someone, there's someone out there that's also like grappling with like guilt and shame and sadness and can, you know, echo that that's okay to feel those things. And I remember trying to find a book in um, Barnes and Noble and there were no books on abortion um, at that location, but I'm also in Tennessee and I was in Franklin, which is a conservative area. So, I mean, maybe there are, but like, it took me a while to like dig through and even yeah. I've now since dug through and I've, I've not found that many. I mean, my stack for abortion books is like probably like six or seven and two of them are policy books. So it's not even like they're their memoirs or experiences. So yeah. um, it was hard at first and I didn't know. And like, you know, there wasn't until I heard about the exhale group, there, there wasn't really any of those resources. So. Yeah, I mean, it is so interesting. This sort of related to back at the beginning of the call when you were saying, you know, the healing and coping mechanisms I was used to using didn't work because of the circumstance. And the same is true for this. Like when we have a parenting problem, there's like a gazillion books and a gazillion yeah. blogs and a gazillion like 
you know, influencers teaching us about parenting, right? When we have a weight problem, when we have an alcohol problem, when we have yeah. a like addiction problem, when we have a relationship problem, like our go-to is like, look for a podcast, look for a book, look for yeah. a blog. And here we are with this struggle, like this like multifaceted struggle. And what we've usually done isn't available. It's just yeah. not available. So hopefully we can keep filling that yeah. gap. I hope that I'm doing some piece of that. <laughs> um, I definitely think you are. I think it's also, it's, it's such a different experience though with the abortion stories. It's like, cause I, I mean, the first thought I had when I saw the Supreme Court notice was like, I am so sad for everyone that now has to rip out part of a very intimate story and experience just to wave it in front of other people's faces to say, hey, we're human. Because yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. it, it is such like an intimate experience. And I think mm -hmm. there is this like stigma of shame that we obviously got to get over, but we're not going to get over that if no one's talking about it. So, um, but yeah, I definitely, I think you are. <laughs> I would, I hope um, podcasts little are. Bits, little bits. Is there anything else you want to share that you hope to come to the to today sharing or that's come up while we've been talking? Anything else you feel like a listener wants to hear or you would have liked to hear when you were searching for podcasts? Um, yeah, <laughs> yeah. So I mean, your time. Anything else you you want to share? I think for me, I definitely would have wanted to know that the resources exist because I think that even you know, finding the one or two, like I made me just think, oh, maybe there's just one or two. Mm -hmm. um, so finding those resources was key. I know that there was books. I, since I've had my abortion experience, there's a wonderful anthology called Choice Words um, that I've is writers. Wait, wait, what? It's called Choice Words? Yeah, Choice Words. It's um, edited by Annie Fincher, but it's, uh, I don't even know how many authors are previewed in it but it's everything from poetry to prose to memoir um short essays Beautiful. and they're from all over the world so it's a nice portrait into what having an abortion is everywhere um even in restricted countries so it's a nice it's a very beautiful book and I wish That's that awesome. it, everyone I, I wish that it would have existed when I was going through my experience um because yeah. it has the varying types of abortion um but there's I mean, there's, there's resources out there, but I also think that for me, like the thing that I would have wanted to know is that there are resources that cater to certain types of abortions, but there also are those resources that are out there that have a vast story of experience. So don't stop looking, I guess. Is, oh my gosh. That's um, actually the advice I give the most is don't stop looking. Don't stop. Trying. Yeah. So. Wait, um, so tell us some of your other key resources that have been helpful to you. Maybe they'll be helpful. Um, so my favorite one is called The Healing Guide. I cannot know what the author is, and it's not upstairs, so I can't glance over it. But yeah. um, it's actually a workbook. So I bought it right after my abortion experience, and I was not in the mental place where I could sit down and do a workbook. Um, so I've now since picked it up, and it is very helpful because it allows you to have like writing prompts, and it's very... It's also like non-denominational, so it doesn't have yeah. a spiritual aspect, which is another thing that I struggled with. A lot of the literature that I was finding after an abortion experience were, you know, very geared towards yeah. either religious abortions. Um, I also really like, obviously, Cass Underwood's book um, was fantastic. Yeah. yeah. Um, yeah. My other favorite is a really underrated book called Ops Originals. I don't know how to 
say it correctly, but okay, um, I will send me the link to that and I will link okay. it the, um, in the notes. That is a fantastic resource. I think for me, it was the other side of the story that I couldn't find because it is an abortion from a male's experience and oh, he's in yeah. love with her and he is talking about how like it fractured their relationship and he also uses nature as like a way to heal. Um, nice. So I think for me, that was like a very healing book because it was the male wanted to keep it and she didn't want to. So it was like, I felt like I was getting the other half of my story. So that was a very healing book for me. Um, the author also owns all the copies so you can order from him. So that's fantastic. Um, okay. That was a really great book. Uh, honestly, the Excel group was fantastic yeah. too. Yeah. Um, Mary Oliver's devotions came up in another group that I was in. And mm -hmm. I think that that was very much like, there's a lot of poems in there that really have to deal with like mm -hmm. seeing humans in nature and like grief in nature. So that was fantastic. Um, and uh, those were my main, like, honestly, those were the main like books about abortion. Cause there's yeah. sadly, there's not many, there's a few that are written from the doctor's perspective. There's one that I bought recently, but I haven't, I haven't been in the mindset to read it is that you're the only one I've told. And no, it's, she's not started that. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. And I've heard really good things, um, but I've not like, there are some days where I, I'm also disconnecting from the literature, but it's kind of nice to have it as like almost a resource Bible yeah, guide. So, um, but yeah, those were my main ones. And I think that those were all fantastic for yeah, me at the time. But, I mean, I've been like pretty dedicated to this work for multiple years and you, yeah. I've never heard of choice words. Um, the one written by the man, I've never heard of that. So it's like, we're all just learning new things all the time. So yeah, thank you. It took, a, it took a lot of digging and I wish it didn't, but like, that's kind of how it has to be. Cause I think part of it is too, is like, I don't know how hard it is to get stuff like that published. So yeah, well, and also like, we don't always know who and how to trust. And sometimes- right things feel really like, oh, this is what I'm looking for at the beginning. And then you get in and you're like, oh, this is not what I was looking for. <laughs> now I feel worse. <laughs> so it's was tricky. It's hard to know what to crack open and read or buy or yeah. Oh yeah. There was, there was actually a book like that. That's is an abortion book. It's probably the most like popular one to find. It's very easy to find. It's a, it's a webpage that you can submit your story as well. Um, but that was the same thought. I remember that was the book I found at Barnes and Nobles. This is the only one stocked. And I got mm -hmm. home and I opened the page and it was very much like, you don't have to like the first story that was shared was like, I didn't feel anything after my abortion. Like abortion was good for my future. And I was like, I am not in this headspace. I was like, this makes me feel worse than I feel the way that I do. So um, I remember like putting that one away and then coming back to it, but also finding that there were no stories of like, guilt or confusion or so it just wasn't the place for me if that makes sense so it didn't feel like I fit um yeah and that's the thing just like you said earlier just keep looking for what you need because it's different for everybody yeah yeah thank you so much it's been lovely to chat with yeah. you and I'm sure this will be helpful to many many people so I yeah. really appreciate you coming on and you know talking about yeah. experience and um just acknowledging that it's it's a challenging thing to heal through when it's all over the news 
Yeah. Everyone has an opinion. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Everyone has an opinion. It's like, I, but I have like old lab partners that I now know their stance on abortion sometimes. And it's like, I don't need to know that, but I think it's interesting (laughs) to see like how it's hard to know how to heal when it's always in the news. And I think that's also an ever evolving part of my process. And I don't think it's every time I think I'm going to get a reprieve, it, it kind of rears its ugly head again. So I think that it's, I definitely have strong identification and like almost like an appreciation for anyone that's been having to have this experience while it's all in the news because there is no way to hide correctly you're quite the writer aren't you I am so I have been actually this that's might what be I the book that you write <laughs> yeah it actually has been the book that I've been writing I've been yeah. writing it for about a year I just not been like very public about it and like mm-hmm. I wasn't even planning on talking about it but uh yeah no I've been working on it I think for me because I think there's you know, a lot to be said in like a story where it wasn't necessarily what I wanted. Um, So I think um, there's a lot. And I definitely think like the news story, it's, it's just always, it's such an intricate part of my story. So like every anniversary there was like some kind of massive abortion news. So uh, I I think it, it probably will end up being, but I, I hope, I don't know. (laughs) Well, I look forward to whatever whatever you create. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Thank you so much. And we'll stay in touch. And um, are you the kind of person where if a listener wanted to reach out to you, they could, or would you rather just keep that? Yeah, definitely. Um, I am open to that. Um, Honestly, my Instagram, I like, I'm pretty, I'm message heavy. I don't know your handle, even though I could go find it. But if somebody oh, yeah. <laughs> will look while they're listening, what would it be? Uh, it's talking in code. Right. There's <laughs> <No. laughs> just one of those. Um, I remember just last week, I went to look for you and I was like, oh, I can't remember. <laughs> but we'll link to it. Uh, anyway. But some people like to just run off and find it. So talking. Oh, in yeah. Code, and you'll find Becca. Yeah. Ready. <laughs> Thank you so much. Yeah. Thanks for listening. And as always, please consider sharing, rating, and reviewing this podcast. It helps me reach a wider audience and invites more people to thrive after abortion. If you're someone who chose abortion and find yourself struggling, hiding, or wishing you could move beyond your experience, head over to my website and book a free call. We'll talk about how you can start living the life you made your choice for.